Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... It's come to a point that I've realised it's about far more than pregnancy deferrals and women deserve a, a better deal at racing and so I'm kind of getting people to help and reach out to race directors and the brands that sponsor the races and demand a fair deal for women. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot and here's your host, Jake Lowe. Right, that's it, let's go for it. Let's wake up. Everybody, stand up, wake up, put your hands in the air. How fired up are we today? This is Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. You may be wondering why I am in such a good mood today. I'm in a good mood every week. It's the podcast, we love it. We've done like, I don't know, feels like a billion episodes. We've done a lot of episodes. It's not been a billion, but it's been a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes. It is a lot, it is a lot. I mean, I was caught in the middle of a lie there. It's not a billion, but it's quite a lot. If you've missed them, go back check them out have a little listen give us a little follow subscribe rate review you know all that sort of stuff anyway look the reason i am in an exceptional mood today pete i'm happy for you why Pete's the producer why? of the show i am happy for you you're in an exceptional mood because of me why what have i done because you're back running baby <laughs> you are back running you this really is, are this is breaking news you really are passionate about getting other people to run aren't you you really are because my running makes you happy what's that about it does yeah, it does. my running doesn't make me happy. Although I say that, but I had a really enjoyable run the other day, you know. Um, I'd, I'd taken a break, I'd not run for a little while. Then I went for out for a couple of runs the week before last. And then, bizarrely, this was this is weird, um, Becky booked tickets to the cinema um, to see Psycho. Um, the old, the classic Hitchcock, Psycho. There was like some special showing of it at midnight the other night. And she thought, oh, we'll go at midnight. And I'm thinking, come on, I'm 48 years old. And she's not far behind. And normally it's like, by by like quarter past ten, we're knackered. It's like time for bed. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're dropping off on the settee at quarter. And I'm like, and all of a sudden, she's, it's like she's gone rogue. She's booking tickets for the cinema at midnight. <laughs> who does that? Who who goes to the late show? That I mean, I cannot remember the last time I went to a late showing at the cinema. I, I, I'm desperate to see Top Gun Maverick. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a matinee all day long. Yeah. All day long. It's got, a a matinee is nice. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Anyway, we went to see. We booked tickets, and it turned out right. Uh, genuinely right. When we booked the tickets, you know how you pick your seats. Well, there was one other person in there, and they were on their own. And you're going. Oh, my God. Someone who goes on their own to the cinema at midnight to watch Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, I I hear you there. It's a concern. I, I, mm, anyway, turns out that person didn't turn up, so it was okay. But before, like, we had, a, you know, because we're middle-aged, we had a little bit of a nano nap because it was like, you know, we've got to be up till 2am, just like the olden days. That's not going to happen without a little bit of a nap in the afternoon. So I had a couple of, <laughs> couple of hours nap in the afternoon, uh, read a book, yada, 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 around about 8 or 9, yeah, probably about 9. No, it was 10 o'clock at night. And I thought, oh, I've got still got an hour and a half to waste before we set off to go to the cinema. It's ten o'clock. This is I want to go to bed. So instead of going to bed, I went for a run. And I tell you what, no problem. Enjoyed it. Saturday night, little bit of a run around Mickelover, where I live. Half ten at night, no problem at all. Back for about quarter past eleven, off to the cinema. Is that because of the novelty factor, though? Do you know what I mean? When you when you when you're out, you do something a little bit different. You know, you break out the norm. Saturday night, 10, 10 p.m., putting the shoes on, going for a run. Guessing not done that before. 
Is it a novelty factor, or could you make this a regular thing? It could be partly to do with the novelty factor, yes, but I'll tell you the other thing, I think it was probably to do with the enjoyment, and I don't normally enjoy it at all. I just thought, I'm going to go for a run, and I'm not going to do any amount of time, I'm not going to do any amount of distance, but I want it over and done with quickly. So I'm just going to go. And rather than what I normally do is I pace myself. I try and pace myself and I run to, oh, it's like, oh, if I speed up anymore, I'll be tired. I'll run out of steam. But as it happens, I just kind of ran. And I got into a, and I didn't think about it, and I just ran. And I ran a lot quicker than I normally run. So it felt like good. It felt all right. You know, I've had that little strain, so I've been very careful of that. That seems to be much, much better. So that wasn't concerning me. So I just kind of ran and got into the rhythm of it. It was a quite a cool night as well. So I wasn't hindered by any of that or any people. Is that the start of your comeback? Did Has that given you a little bit of potentially momentum kick-started you do you know what i mean because it's hard to get back into things i hear this a lot from my runners people that message me on social media or that email the show and you know if they're losing their mojo and they've had a little bit of time out from running that first run it can be it can feel like oh my god this is i'm quite i'm fearing this how is this going to go it's really hard to get back into it has it helped it has has massively yeah it wasn't the first run i did a couple the week before um i did the one i did the the run walk run walk thing that you suggested which would made it less daunting so i got back into it like that and then the other night rather than walking in the middle because that would slow me down I got to get to the cinema for midnight, man. <laughs> you know? So I just kind of like did a, I did a run. So and I genuinely do think that it's the, it's the kickstart that I needed to make me go. Actually, it's all right. I can get on with this. It's going to be okay. So we've both recently experienced a, a, a running first. You with your 10 p.m. pre midnight showing of uh, <laughs> Psycho Run. That's uh, that's an interesting title for that one on Strava. I know. That's a first for you. My run at the weekend. My long run was was awful absolutely awful wow. and it was the first time that i've ever grabbed a handful of dot leaves and shoved them down my pants oh what happened with the pants so i don't generally suffer from and i'm, I'm not joking by the way at all this is i'm deadly serious what? i was actually did a, little, a few instagram posts while i was out there i, I was so annoyed because i, I did when a you say down your pants, so so you're not you're talking like um, in my shorts in my shorts your underpants yeah, yeah. Well, in oh. my shorts, I mean, I wasn't wearing pants. To be honest, I wouldn't have had to put the dot leaves down there had I been wearing pants. That was the problem, you see. Now, I did uh, Big Feet events uh, a few uh, weeks ago. I did their 90-mile yeah. uh, race as a, as, a, as a big run. We mentioned it on the show a few weeks ago. Great. So what I thought I'd do is go back out and do that that route. Lovely around Winchester, the trails. Martina was on call. She was at emergencies, so I just went on my own and did it. Sure. So I was really looking forward to it. I wore a pair of shorts that I, I've worn many times. I don't wear underwear with them. They're double lining anyway, but I don't wear pants generally when I run. And they never cause any problems, no, no chafing or anything. I promise you, it was horrific. So from three miles in, wow. I felt them start to rub. And the classic, oh, it'll be all right. I told myself, it'll be fine. It'll be all right. No, 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 no. No, it won't be fine. 15 miles I did. And it was absolutely awful to the point where, I kid you not, I had to keep like pulling them down so i was i, I was running like crisscross <laughs> from the 90s i had no i promise you i had to keep pulling them down and part of the run i was kind of pulling down the crotch a little bit and trying to run just to keep them away it was that sore I, I, and the problem is if it, if it was a road run i would have stopped because i had the phone with me the old apple pay i would have stopped at some pharmacy or i'm uh, looking out for a boots chemist i was in the middle of nowhere there's mm. no pharmacy. There's no option to uh, buy some Vaseline or plasters. I just had to write it out. Hence why 
I thought I'd try the dot leaf thing. It didn't work. It was just awful. It's absolutely oh. awful. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. But that was a first for me and one I hope I don't repeat. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Right, can everybody just settle down now? We've all got our water and drinks. I can see our guest has got some water. She's drinking away, staying hydrated. Pete, you've got some water. You're okay. Can we start? I've got some water. We... Yes, I have. <laughs> okay, quiet, please, in the studio. Just, just start. If you want to start, just start. When I'm, right. I'm ready to okay. start. When it... are you ready, Sophie? I'll, stop, I'll be in a second. <laughs> I think Sophie's. Reg- I think she's regretting this. I think she's. Sophie's. Re- do you know what? Do you know what my grandma would say if she were still with us? And she's not, sadly. Uh, she'd say, "Are you sitting on a feather?" <laughs> she used to do that when people laughed. I don't know right. why. Anyway, yeah, we're Listen, ready. I've got Let's this. Just, I've got this go. brilliant introduction today for 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 Sophie. This is going to be a brilliant build-up. I'm really excited to chat to Sophie all about her new campaign, about her training and racing and life. Here we go. You ready? So settle down. Yes, go. Today's guest is Sophie Power, <laughs> <laughs> ultra runner and mum of three. Sophie made the news a few years ago when a photo of her breastfeeding her three-month-old baby during a 106-mile ultramarathon went viral. Since then, Sophie's become a powerful voice for mothers chasing their dreams. And on Global Running Day, which is today, the day that this episode goes live, she is launching a campaign called She Races, aiming at making racers more female-friendly. Sophie... Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was a great intro. Are you happy cool. with the introduction, oh, Sophie? That, that sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> it does, yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed because, you know, Monday 8pm we're recording this. This is a bit late for us, Pete. We don't normally record episodes this late in the evening. I had a message from Sophie earlier saying, I'm, I'm going to be okay, we're fine, I'm, I'm not that techie, but we're going to get set up. I've just got to bribe the kids to bed <laughs> so I can record. Sophie, my first question is, how did you bribe the kids to get to bed? Was it an easy thing? Was it a challenge? There's, there's, what, there's one still up. Oh, um, no. But I, we're, we're in an Airbnb in the Lake District. It's half term. And um, he knows that there's kind of like, if he comes in, then he might not get as many snacks on the, on the hike tomorrow. He will still get the snacks because, you know, fueling is very important. And I think he does know that my bribes, like, it doesn't work. But he is, um, no, they're, they're brilliant. Um, they're brilliant. And they're absolutely knackered. We hiked them out today, so. <laughs> hiked them um, out. So there's a phrase. The more they walk, the better they sleep. So what's his name, the one that's awake? Donica. So Donica, Donica's probably stood behind the door now <laughs> considering his options that's what he's doing just considering his options does he risk it does it how's his day going to go tomorrow if he bursts through the door mid chat i don't know yeah. i have no idea listen <laughs> on to a more serious topic sophie tell me about this campaign because this is just this is crazy this is awesome i know from the very brief chat we had before we started recording this call you need some help with this, right? Because you're busy, clearly a very busy mom. You've got your own training going on. It, it's mad. So tell me about this campaign. And did it? where did it stem from? Was it the classic photo a few years ago that caused quite a stir in the running world? Was it from there that this came about? Tell me about it. No, absolutely it was from there. Um, so I was running with a three-month-old baby, um, the Ultra Trader Mont Blanc. Um, I lost a place four years before that because I was pregnant and they wouldn't defer my entry. And again, they wouldn't defer it. So I ended up on that start. Like, it was my dream race. It's so hard to get into. You have to get so many points over so many years. It was my absolute dream and I, I didn't want to give that up. So I was very lucky to make the start line. I wouldn't recommend doing 106 miles three months postpartum to anyone. And I couldn't have done it in my other two pregnancies. But I realised that this this isn't fair. Um, you know, only only women have babies. Um, 
And it wasn't fair that I was kind of putting my dream on hold or not being able to compete when fully fit. So I start talking to race directors and actually a lot of race directors contacted me and said, we'd never thought about pregnancy deferrals because we're blokes. And actually we've never looked at our race through a female lens because we're blokes. And we actually don't see how women think. And, and we do think differently on so many different things kind of certainly kind of you got the the toilet provisions is a classic the unisex t-shirts the but the safety element as well the competition element um the prize money and i've been kind of campaigning for pregnancy deferrals for since then since kind of almost four years and 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 got the london marathon even to to do the deferrals for the good for age last year but it's come to a point that i've realized it's about far more than pregnancy deferrals um, and women deserve a, a better deal at racing. And for me, racing is so important. Um, and it's more than about, it's more than just running. Um, and so I'm kind of getting people to to help and, and reach out to race directors and the brands that sponsor the races and, you know, demand a fair deal for women. I mean, that's amazing that you had race directors contact you because one would assume it was you when you're starting a campaign or a movement trying to create positive change, get the word out there, get the name out there, get the message out there that you're having to do the legwork to actually be for people to reach out to you. That's a really positive sign. Has there been good traction with this? I mean, has it been a bit of a battle or or do you find that most people are on board with what you're trying to do? I think over the last few years, sometimes it's been a real battle. I get a lot of women kind of writing to me during pregnancy and saying, I've been refused a deferral, can you help? And I end up going to the race directors and kind of having that platform from the photo and my Instagram, I often get a yes when they've got a no. And then I try and get the policy change in general. So, but a lot of race directors, they want everyone to have a great experience. And I think kind of She Races is about, we're going to start highlighting those really inclusive races. And we've just got a survey out and I've got kind of 1300 responses to it so far and you've got 90% of women saying you know they will be more likely to race um, a race that's kind of putting itself out there as as inclusive of women and doing everything they can for women and branding itself as such so it's a commercial thing for a race director too you know we want more women on start line we're really underrepresented um, especially at the longer distance like ultras um, but also you know we, we want to do races where we, we have a great time and if a race organiser can put on a better race for us, you know, we're going to be on that start line helping their business. It strikes me that it's a really positive thing as well. And, and something that, I, and I love the phrasing, that it's not always so easy to, to look at things through somebody else's lens. You mentioned race directors. Well, do you know what? I've been really honest here. We've not actually looked at this and races through, through a female lens. And it's perhaps not always so easy to do, particularly if they're, you know, male race directors and whatnot, as, as, as many of them will be. I think it's, that's a really positive thing. And obviously the changes that you're trying to make, it also, I think, makes other people aware of the classic thing with the T-shirts. And I know you're a big advocate of, look, it's not all about the T-shirts. You know, there's other ways of, of rewarding oneself without sort of, you know, uh, in terms of sustainability. So doing away with T-shirts. But if people do want T-shirts, fine. Let's give you the option to actually have the one that's right for you sizing wise because that's you know people don't like things like that do they it's all about the experience as well and the the memory people create from races just take me back to that ultra marathon the the, the photo that we mentioned what i'm interested to know sophie is was that an easy decision for you to make so you know when i guess you must have 
and I'm assuming here, correct me if I'm wrong, you must have spoken with the race organisers and said, look, you know, this is a situation, can I defer the place? Can I, you know, no, this is not happening. Was it easy for you to go, well, I'm going to do it anyway? Or how how did that thought process work? How did you come to the conclusion that you did? So, and I actually realised I had that place 18 months, um, more than 18 months before the race was there because I'd missed out. I had my place, I lost it with my first, with Donica, actually, um, then I finally got another place because I'd missed out at that point. If you miss out two years in the ballot, you then get a place for the next year. So I had, I knew I had that place. And to be fair, I, I thought, brilliant, I'm going to get pregnant really quickly, have a baby, like nine months, 10 months old on the start line. No worries. And um, yeah, you, you don't really press a button and fall pregnant. Um, and it took a lot longer than, than I'd hoped. And then I, I think one of the, the first thoughts when I got those kind of like those lines on the stick was like, Oh God, it's going to be three months old when I do the start. Oh God, um, can I do it? And for me, it really was, I didn't expect to be on the start line. Um, but it was a really good kind of point in time to say, right, I'm going to keep really fit during my pregnancy. I'm going to focus on all the things I can do. So like keeping my arms really strong so I can like use my, 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 my poles to get me up the mountains to kind of do all my kind of pelvic floor work, which we know is so important to kind of do lots of hiking and low impact exercise um, and then get back as soon as I could afterwards. So we booked a family holiday to Chamonix. So we booked that holiday. We're like, we're going to go out anyway. We're going to hike around and have amazing time. We're going to see the, the, the start, which is incredible. And, you know, I'll be back there one day. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh, I could be on that start line. I could run 10K. And that would be amazing to experience it. And then it was only kind of, when we got to Chamonix and I did a kind of a hike up one of the climbs and I was like, I might get around this. Oh, oh and then Donica said to me, and he was three at the time, he was seeing the other races finish and you could run all the way through time, uh, to town. You could pick your kids up along the way. And he saw these parents finishing their, mostly men, finishing their kids and goes, mommy, that's going to be me. That's going to be me going out the fish line. Like we're going to do this run. I was like, oh God, I really actually have to finish this now. Um, I can't let a three-year-old down. Um, he'd be he'd be heartbreaking. So that's kind of how it happened. So I didn't expect to finish, no. Um, but I did everything I possibly could. And it was just a really great thing to have in my head, kind of to keep me focused during pregnancy when it's kind of quite often hard to find that motivation to keep fit, which... We know it's good for you, but it's also good for your baby. Massively, yeah. We often talk about this on the show, you know, the the, the, the broader field, it's not just making you feel good, it also influences other people around you in a, in a really positive way. So I think, that, you know, that in itself is a, is another reason and clearly for yourself, it's like, oh no, I can't let my child down now. I've got, you know, I've got to, what, what can I do here? <laughs> what can, the pressure, the pressure, I love it. Take me back to the very beginning then. Why running? And more specifically, why ultras? Because from what I understand... You just jumped straight <laughs> in the deep end. <laughs> so I was not a runner at school. I, I wasn't sporty at school. I came second last in the mile at school. Um, I was classic. I was overweight. I wasn't engaged. I didn't like PE. Um, it wasn't for me. Um, and I only found kind of sport at university where um, I played a bit of rugby and a bit of football in the college because they just needed people to do it. Um, I hiked a lot. So I grew up. Actually, I'm in the Lake District now. My grandma's from here. So I grew up hiking and navigating and rough camping and, and loved all of that. But it was only when um, a friend of mine um, ran the marathon to Saab, I'd sponsored him. 
and we had lunch afterwards and he's like and I, I'd been made redundant in a really really awful way from my job in finance and um I was just not knowing what to do I, I was really I just needed something to focus on he's like you'd be really good at this you can hike he's everyone hikes the MDS it's not a run it's a hike you've got to go three kilometers an hour to stay ahead of the camels he goes you're really tough do it just do it so I blindly signed up with this charity place um with nine months to train and I just trusted him and I, I think saying just say yes to stuff is generally my kind of like don't think about it say yes work it out later and um then I worked out what it was and it's quite a long way and I didn't really want to be out all day in the sun so the next kind of week I went for a run and nine months later I was on the start line I, I, don't, I don't even have any words for that to go from where you did straight in the deep end it's funny isn't it those life-changing sometimes conversations with people well you should do that you can do it and with from a trusted source and you think oh well now's the right time with the redundancy and everything else right let's go for it let's see what happens funny to think how things might have been had you not have done that would you have found it later i mean who knows you clearly have a love for the off-road the trails the lake district navigation all that sort of stuff you know you're clearly a very tough cookie there's no no question of that but it's fascinating isn't it those little conversations just throw us off on a different path i hear and i haven't done mds myself sophie it is something that appeals i must be honest but i hear a lot of it is like you've got got to manage your feet foot management did you get battered feet and stuff, like blisters? And I hear that a lot from people. It's not good. I mean, and I, I spent kind of my early career in the city wearing these really pointy shoes. And so all my feet kind of squished. Oh. And they did not like being in the sand. My feet are one of the most challenging parts of ultras. Um, certainly when I did the, the summer spine, because you were in bogs for days on end. Um, it's 268 miles, kind of non-stop. And it's just bog feet and kind of I basically had to go to the doctors straight after I went back and and get sorted out so you can foot manage but yeah it's not great and I think often that's what stops people rather than anything else it's just dealing with the pain in your feet um rather than the pain in your legs and recently you did 24 hour track race yes is that the first one you've done have you done lots of those i mean that must be a completely different ball game and especially mentally from compared to what you're used to and what you love the environment you love i mean it's nothing like that for seeing 400 meters for 24 hours <laughs> why did you do that why did you put yourself in that situation and what did you learn from it because i understand it was also a learning exercise from what you put on instagram for, for other events later on no definitely so i guess once i, I used to do the stage races all over the world and loved them the kind of the the mds format the 250 kilometers over kind of five six seven days carrying loads of stuff and and then i had kids and it's really hard to go away for so long when you had kids so i started focusing on kind of the 100 mile events and the longer events and kind of have that adventure but kind of get all the mileage done at once and get home um to to the kids and to the family and and to, to relieve my husband and I did a race in 2016 called Spartathlon, which is an incredible race. Um, it's um, the original ultramarathon. It's kind of the, everyone talks about Pheidippides, the messenger that died after doing the marathon, but everyone forgets about that he actually ran from Athens to Sparta, which is 153 miles. And then he ran back again and then he did the marathon and that's why he died. It wasn't the marathon that killed him. Marathons are okay. Um, <laughs> But it's about doing that from sunrise to sunset. So it's got 36 hours. It's an incredible race. I was kind of, I finished it in 2016, but finished it very injured. 
Um, I limped the last kind of... I got a big edema in my quad at 138 miles in and had to limp the last kind of 15 in agony. And I really want to go back and do it justice and kind of race competitively almost, um, kind of do what I think I can do. But you've got to qualify. So it's difficult. It's a ballot. You've got to get in. Um, but you can get an automatic qualifier if you run a certain distance in 24 hours, which is quite tricky because for women, it's 212.5 kilometres. And I thought the only way I can do that is running around an athletics track. Um, so I ran around an athletics track for 24 hours and I paced it to the 212.5 and I ended up just shy of 214. Um, and then I got back and realised it was a GB qualifier as well. Um, but really is is I'm going to be on that start line next year. And yeah, you, you learn an awful lot about yourself 24 hours running in a small loop, um, especially when you've got your husband who's crewing you, who's talking to you every kind of 20 minutes, um, half an hour. Um, yeah, there's a real strength of relationship. You need to be able to do that. And he's an absolute legend for dealing with me who turned into a well, basically like our toddler. So tell me about that, Sophie, your husband, because obviously, you know, we know you need supportive people around you when you're doing the things that you're doing, especially with the responsibilities that you have as well. It, it, it does, does your husband run? Is he just on board with the whole thing? And you mentioned crewing and things like that. I mean, that must just be such a big advantage to you and, and such a help for, for your husband to help you do this stuff and be there to kind of go through it with you. I mean, we always talk about family goals. So when I have a goal, it's a goal for the family. When he has a goal, it's for the family. And he's an endurance athlete too. So he's done ice ultra a few times, which is crazy. I can't do, I, I just, the idea of being cold um, does not appeal. He's an absolute machine in the cold. Um, he's now training for an Ironman. Um, so we haven't done one for over 10 years. He gets it. He gets it. And I think it's it's very much about realizing what he needs what i need we both need our goals we both need something about outside being parents we see how much what we do inspires our children um they absolutely love it and kind of they will grow up thinking that they can just achieve anything so we have to support each other um we make it as easy as possible for each other he doesn't come out and crew big races because you know people have got to look after the kids this race is sort of friday um, which was really handy and it was 20 minutes drive down the road so um, kind of my parents stayed overnight and he could basically kind of come out and crew and get an hour's sleep in the car during the race what we what we the big mistake we made was having no childcare the next day so we both come back completely wrecked my parents kind of we got back about nine in the morning because the race finished at eight my parents gonna go bye and, and both of us just needed some sleep and we couldn't sleep because we were wired and the kids are just there and they watched a lot of TV that day and they had a lot of snacks <laughs> and we're like, we're not doing that again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the balance right. Got to get the balance right. It was terrible. We, 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 we got it sorted. So our next, so my next race is in uh, in two weeks and it's South Downs 100 mile. Um, the issue is he's got a sportive, a big cycling race the next day. And so I've got a time limit on my 100 to be able to get home 
in time. I've got to be home by 5am so he can get driving to his sportive. But I've got my, the lady who's pacing me, my friend Wendy, her teenage daughter is going to be a little bit of hands-on help so I can have a nap in the morning. So we've learned from that. We've learned that I may need a nap um, and she's going to be brilliant. So um, yeah, that's how we sort kind of tag teaming out is, um, yeah, TV and bribery and a bit of help. Do you guys find it tiring with like logistically because it's not just the physical training is it you know you've got other stuff going on and to plan sometimes can just take it out of your mentally which can obviously affect the physical body as well with the training. Do you enjoy the planning and logistical side of it so for example your husband with the crewing which obviously takes a lot of planning is that something you guys enjoy or is it just a necessity? I mean he hates it he doesn't do the logistics I love logistics I apps. I love mm. an Excel spreadsheet. Um, UTMB was a massive Excel spreadsheet <laughs> because it had all the kind of the pumping milk, the the feeding, the how much food I had to have, the salt I had to have, all the like paces. Oh, I love. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm a proper Excel geek. Um, but I think it's one thing we do. We have the same coach. So Edwina Sutton is my amazing um, running coach, but she's also a triathlon coach, and so she's coaching John for his Ironman and. That really helps us fit it all in. Um, there's no... If I have a get up super early on a Saturday for a long run, he doesn't have that in his... He has a Sunday instead. Um, we like to not take any away anything away from the kids. So we train in the evenings, early mornings, um, kind of bits when at school, early weekends. Um, and also it's accepting that we're not... Um, we're not pro athletes. Um, and this is not our job this is what we like to do and I think that's the same for a lot of runners and kind of when you try and compare yourself to the pros um who all they do is train and sleep and recover and eat and kind of having that bigger picture you know I can't run as many miles a week as a lot of ultra runners and that's okay um I think when I did Spartathlon the 130 153 mile race I did an average of 37 miles a week for the six months before which is less than most marathon runners, runners would do. Um, and we fit it, everything in around our lives. And I do strength training with kids on my back in the playground. And I hike 20 miles a week with my baby on my back up and down the hills on the school run. And we get it in that way, but there's never a pressure that this takes over our life because it's not about that. It's it's really, this this is not this is not why we live. We love it. But this is not our the only thing in our lives. Our family is so important. I think it's really important to have that focus. And, and sometimes we can get caught up in the goal. And, and I guess to a degree that's understandable because it's a big goal, a big focus. It's not something easy. By definition, it's a challenge. But sometimes we can lose sight of other things. And I think it's important just to have that broad view and sometimes just take a step back and, you know, see, see the big picture. Sometimes that comes from within. And I think sometimes that comes from other people that are close to us that can just give us a gentle reminder. I actually quite like, I'm a coach as well, Sophie. I love running. I, if I wasn't a coach, I, I love running. So I'd still run. I'd still have my own goals. But sometimes it's nice for me to meet up and have a coffee with non-running friends. I don't have many of them because I end up converting them. But but it's nice because it's just something different and, and total sort of escapism. What do you like to do, if anything, when you're not uh, being a mum and you're not working and you're not running and training? Do you have another way of just kind of uh, escaping from, from, from all things? No. <laughs> I... And that's that. <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to say I did. I think at the moment... It's, it's, I, I say my really, there's so much to fit in in the week. And 
I guess actually the campaigning is it. Like I don't, at the moment, I'm not doing anything very well because if I'm not running, I'm not family I'm, uh, time, I'm not working. I am working on this campaign until kind of midnight. Um, I respond kind of on my Instagram. I respond to loads of messages from women kind of that I'm trying to help, especially kind of postpartum recovery. Um, I made a film about getting back to running after having a baby and I'm always getting messages about that. So I think for me, the the, the release from running is actually helping other people. Um, and it's what I really love to do. So that's some kind of release. I do like Tuesday nights, which is my stretch night because only it's only going to happen once a week, like most runners. We don't like stretching. So I get a magazine, a glass of wine, I do my stretching on a Tuesday night, and that's my kind of... I like Tuesday nights. Um, but really, I mean, I don't watch TV. I don't do any because I'm, I'm so busy with the campaign. I'm so busy on all of it. I'm a trustee women of sport, the charity as well, and I'm working with that. So, yeah, I, I do enjoy conversations with people who don't know I'm a runner. Um, and that's what you're going to get at the school gate. There's a lot of mums that have no idea. Um, they will soon because I've got to speak at my son's school. I got roped into speaking at my son's school about running in a few weeks. Um, and all the kids will go home and go, Donica's mum's a runner. Um, but I quite like, it's quite liberating to have someone talk to you about something that's completely mundane and as of like, kind of what school bag they've got or what the, have, have we done the school applications or the, the random like pat lunch kind of school gate stuff. I quite, I quite like that every now and then. And it must be great as well to, to hear somebody like you speak about running because clearly you're so passionate about it. I mean, let's be honest, it's pretty obvious. I could see that from your Instagram and the bits that I know of you and speaking to you today, you know, you're so passionate about running that it's great to spread that love, which is, you know, part of the campaign, which obviously we're going to link to the Instagram page and the show notes page as well so people can go and find out more about that i just want to pick up on the uh, the race that you're doing again you talk about kind of redemption in in, uh, in greece in the spartathlon what are you going to do differently in training is there anything that you can do that you want to do different from previously to hopefully have a, a i guess a more successful outcome a more successful race i think i never took running very seriously until only just before that race so i was very much a runner that would i was i was working so 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 hard um, I see over tech company. I, I I didn't have much time, and I only actually had my first running coach a few months before the race, just because I knew it was such a big goal. And so I, I didn't have a long run off. I didn't have this base mileage, or I did my strength work. I really liked a good weight session, but I didn't have any of that. And I think since then, I've had I've had two babies since then, um, and kind of kind of almost by the time you've kind of kind of you got pregnant again you've gone through your pregnancy by the time I'd recovered from my kind of my second I was pregnant with my third and now I've got this block so my younger Sasha she's 18 months now and so by time Spartathlon you know she'll be she'll be kind of two and a half and I'll have had this big block of training for the first time in my running career and I I, I did the marathon to serve in 2010 so can I be running since kind of like 12 years now um, I've never had that serious guidance from a coach, that serious blocker training. And so that's why I'm really excited on seeing what I can do in that race because I've never had that before. And I, I, I'm only feeling like now she's 18 months, I'm kind of feeling I'm getting into a point where I'm, I'm much stronger and I can start training properly. So I've got a year and a bit to the race and um, that's going to be different. And obviously I've got all the learnings from the first time um, to take on board like actually if you're going to run 153 miles on the road you should probably do some of your training on the road um 
that would be learning. And the camera, the camera's what killed me because you're running on the left-hand side of the road and it's that slight bit difference between where your feet are landing for so long and that's what got the edema. So I'll be doing a lot of running on the left-hand side of the road, dodging some cars and... Um, yeah, hopefully that works. I'm sure it will. And and you're clearly up for it and you've got the support and your coach as well and you've got the experience from last time that you're learning from and the 24-hour race to qualify and all these things. It's so interesting when you talk about the camera on the road because where we used to live, we're in Winchester at the moment, so right on the edge of the South Downs, fantastic place as well. That's going to be an amazing event for you that you do very soon. But we were in Bristol, kind of south of, and it was in a little quiet village where we were running on country roads and often out and back. And of course, you're on the camber and it's just not the best. I say to my runners, if they are doing, you know, running on the country roads, obviously you've got to keep yourself safe on bends and all that stuff. But just be very mindful what the surface is like, because, you know, you don't want to you don't want to end up injured. Injured runners are not happy runners, are they? They're grumpy runners. We all know that. We all know that. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Sophie. I could chat to you all evening. I really could. Have an amazing time in the lake. So you're there just this week? You're back next week? Just just this week, just yeah. This week. Just this week, sadly. We love it here. My legs will be so trashed by the end of the week because those downhills, they're really sore. Yeah. My quads are really sore. Are you, are you training out there as well then? Silly question. You're not just walking. You, are you, are you able to get some runs in with the family? So I'm getting up at half five and getting out running and then we're hiking again with the kids afterwards. So my, my four-year-old got, are, got old man at Coniston <laughs> and then I had to carry the baby down. So my, it's, it's, double, it's double training days, basically. Oh, gosh. Well, you just have to put the work in, stay consistent. You've got big goals. If you <laughs> want to follow uh, Sophie and keep up with all her training and events, then it's ultra underscore Sophie on Instagram. Go and check that out. And of course, the new campaign launches today, which is Global Running Day, or it will be when you listen to this episode. Uh, you can go and check that out on Instagram, which is she.races. We'll link in the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Sophie, enjoy what is left of the evening. Don't forget your wine and stretch as well this week. It's only Monday we're recording this. This goes live on Wednesday, but tomorrow's Tuesday. You know the score. You've got a spreadsheet on it. Just make sure you do stretching, all right? Don't miss that out. Don't miss that out. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Running with Jake, the podcast. I wasn't joking about the dock leave thing earlier, by the way. The whole Bear grills thing. The, the long run at the weekend. I, I know. I, I just, I feel like you, I don't know. You looked at me earlier. I was just thinking about this. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure whether Pete believed me. And therefore, I'm not sure if people listen to the show believe me. I'm not a liar. That's what happened. I had to resort to something and I chose dock leaves. I mean, what else am I going to do, man? I'm in the middle of nowhere. I did believe you. Initially, when you started talking about it, I thought it was a joke. So I had an equally as poor gag... Uh, which came into my head, and I thought, actually, this is inappropriate because Jake was actually in quite a lot of chafing pain at that point. So I decided to um, shelf the cheap rubbish gag, uh, and um, I haven't exposed our audience to that, obviously. It takes a lot for you to label a gag as inappropriate, so I'm actually quite intrigued to know what that was. You can tell me later. Tell me later in the uh, the show debrief. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you at all. If you don't want to know now, you're not finding out ever, okay? And that's the, it. The point is... I wasn't lying, and everybody has a bad run. We talk about bad runs on the show. It, it plagues our mind. We get all bent out of shape over it. We all have bad runs. I had one at the weekend, and I did learn a bit of a lesson from it. I really did. Like, just don't trust the shorts, man. And that's the weird thing. You know when things just catch you out? Like, you just get blindsided. Like, I didn't see that coming, because normally they're absolutely fine. Yes, clearly I'm not over it, all right? I'm not over it, okay? No, clearly I'm not, not over there's it. No, um, there's no lasting damages there. I mean, because you have not let this one go for the whole show. 
No, you, you uh, I, I can't tell whether you're being serious or whether you're joking, but there is a little bit of lasting damage, shall we say. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm dear. not, there is. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I mean, I'm th- from three miles it started to rub. Right. And I, I did another 11 miles. So, I mean, go figure. It's it's not the most comfortable down there. And I'm, I'm definitely learning a lesson. The thing is, if it was a race, right, if it was a race, and I say this to a lot of my runners, and I say this to Martina a lot, Let's say chafing. If you generally don't suffer from any chafage, on a race day, do you want to leave things to chance? Do you want to think, oh, I'll be okay because I never really suffer? Me, no. I always just lube up, Vaseline up, make sure you are protected in those delicate areas, uh, toes included, you know, because things like blisters and chafing, it's just the worst because it's not a full-blown injury, right? But actually, it can really stop you in your tracks and it can just make the race or the training run just unbearable and force you to stop in some cases. So I always like to play it safe. But, yeah, didn't do that the weekend. Didn't yeah. do that the weekend. Should we just move on? I think we should because, I'm, you know stuff? what, I am essentially, I'm really glad that we've not gone into knob jokes and rather than doing knob jokes, we've done actual proper advice on this show and that's what this show is about, real advice and not knob jokes. <laughs> I don't know how to follow on from that, but I'm going to have a very good go. <laughs> and now it's time to take another one of your questions. It is indeed hashtag knob jo- No. And now it's time to take another one of your questions. It is indeed hashtag ask Jake. Today's question comes from Sally, who does quite a lot of her quality sessions on the treadmill, and she wants to know the best way to warm up. Sally, this is a good question, and it is a little bit different, I believe, from doing quality sessions outside. So the warm-up, therefore, needs to be a little bit different. What I think can be a good starting point, and you need to test this to see if it works for you, is spend 10 to 15 minutes jogging nice and slowly on the treadmill. Set off super, super slow. The great thing with the treadmill is it's very controlled, so you're in control of how much you put the speed up by, so just small increments over 10 to 15 minutes. By the end of that period, you want to be up somewhere near your normal normal, easy running pace or effort. I think that's a good place to be. And then what I like to do is just literally stop the treadmill. You can take a quick photo of it with your phone or just make a note of the distance that you've ran if you want to log it on Strava later. But stop the treadmill, catch your breath, sip of water, and then spend the next five minutes, so start the machine again, and spend the next five minutes running very, very easy, like a light jog, but just incorporating some very short bursts of speed and i would get somewhere near the speed that you are intending on running when you get into the quality session and i think that can really really help you just to get properly warm and after that five minute block just stop the machine again gather yourself get some tissue if you want it get your water get prepared and then start the main session so that's a 20 minute warm-up effectively broken up into a 10 to 15 minute block initially followed by five minutes of slightly faster running and i think that will put you in very good shape for your main session good luck with your next treadmill session don't forget to let us know how it goes and of course if you've got a running related question then it's hashtag ask jake or you can drop us an email of course at podcast at runningwithjake.com yes very sad times but this is the end of another episode of running with jake the podcast is done it's a wrap but i do have very very important advice for you two bits of advice two thoughts that you really need to bear in mind 
the first thing is make sure that you check out the app that you use to listen to your podcast on your mobile phone or whatever device you use I don't know these days whatever device you've got and where you listen to your podcast make sure you subscribe do a bit of rating do a bit of following anything any sort of word that sounds positive just press it because that's really cool we like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. and the second thing is if you are out this weekend what am I saying of course you're out there this weekend you're runners don't forget to lube up man or, or actually take some backup dock leaves with you as well learn from my mistakes the dock leaves didn't work they just turned you green <laughs> right I'm out of here time to put some more Savlon on have a great day oh and one more thing. Hope is not a strategy. 